You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Good morning, Life Tree. This is my friend, Sharon Pryor, of 37 years. And she was very young when we became friends, yes. And she has been a mentor to me for a long time, and a lot of the formation of who I have become is as a result of what God has done through her and Esther Bennett. There's a book here that says, Go Around the World and Tell My Children I Love Them. Esther and Sharon have traveled and ministered, and it would have been 44 years. Esther's gone home through with the Lord. But they would travel the world, but they would never tell anybody their needs. They have no ministry name that you can give to. So they even made it difficult for anybody to assist them. And all they've done in those 44 years is pray, listen, and obey. And a scripture that I believe that typifies them would be uh, Romans 8, 14. As many of you who are led by the Spirit of God, you are the sons of God. But the word sons there, huios, is mature sons. And I would say they have attained to a place of hearing his voice, being led by his spirit, only letting God know their needs. And I'm not telling you this so that you can give to Sharon. There's no place, there's no ministry you can give to anyway. So if you want to give to her, you're going to have to talk to her and get information. But I just want to simply state Our God is a provider. Our God is a guide. And her life continues to prove that. And so this is my friend, Sharon Pryor. And Sharon, I'm just going to pray for you. And so there's a few of these books that are going to be available. You can look, check into them later. But they tell story after story of God's leading, even through military coups and a variety of other things where God was in the midst of it. But Father, I thank you for Sharon And I thank you for the depth of the reality of relationship that she has with you. That she knows you and therefore as provider, as guide. Lord, all all of the ways that she's experienced you, I just ask you'd rest on her and there'd be elements and aspects of your nature and character that we would see and experience through her message today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Caleb, for welcoming me here. I feel very welcome. Except what happened? Everybody left when the kids left. There's all these holes now. Like, what a blessing to have so many children in your congregation. I read this little thing out of a devotional book this morning, and I thought I should share it. I, a pastor once asked his church to pray that God would shut down a strip club in their neighborhood. The whole church gathered for an evening prayer meeting, pleading with God to rid their community of the evils of this place. The next week, lightning struck the club and it burned to the ground. Hearing about the church's prayer crusade, the club owner promptly sued the church. (laughs) When the court date arrived, the owner argued that it was the church members' prayers that caused him to lose his valuable business. The pastor dismissed these accusations, 
by admitting that no one actually believed their prayers would do any good. <laughs> Let me get this straight, the judge said. I've got a strip club owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. So where are you this morning? Do you have the faith of the strip club owner? Let's pray. Let's get serious. Father, you said without faith it's impossible to please you. So I ask right now, Lord, Lord, you said you have a gift of faith. You said in the Bible there are people with much faith. There was a lady with great faith. And you said all it takes is a mustard seed of faith, and I'll do great things. So, Lord, we say pour out faith in this place today. Pour out faith in each heart, your spirit of encouragement to come against the spirit of discouragement. Lord, open us up to receive everything you have for us. And Lord, we pray that if this church is called into the courtroom and has to produce evidence of faith, we pray that there would be evidence there. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Amen. So in the last year, um, I've been to Israel twice, and that was two weeks and four weeks. And then I was in... um, Uganda for 40 days, and I've just finished 31 days in Canada. Uh, I'm trying to be faithful to a call that God put on my life years ago when he said, I've given you an American passport, but I'm calling you to the world. And as Esther approached death, we worked together 43 years. (laughs) And uh, as she was approaching death, there was only one verse, really, that God kept giving me, and it was, Moses, it was uh, Joshua 1, 1. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then. And I'm like, that doesn't sound very kind. <laughs> but that he was just telling me that just because Esther was transitioning, that didn't mean that my work was over. So it's been an interesting time going from country to country. And so when... Um, Caleb said, Have you, is there anything that God's placed on your heart? There's something that I've seen in every country, and it's offense. So a verse that a pastor's wife shared with me years ago is Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing shall offend them. Say nothing with me. Nothing. nothing. Now let's say the whole verse, since you can see it, right? Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing shall offend them. All right. How's your peace level today? Yeah? You came in with peace? Okay, maybe you can leave now then. Maybe you've already got this down. How's your, do you have great peace? Okay, we slowed down a little bit there. All right, great Abundant. Abundant peace. If you have peace now, probably something's going to happen this afternoon that's going to question that. I'm staying in Esquimalt, and between Esquimalt and here, I think there are at least nine traffic lights. This morning, every one of them was red. And I'm like, 
really? Years ago, a lady, a pro- lady with a phenomenal prophetic gift said to me, you think every light should be green all the time? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> so as near as I could tell this morning, apparently I still have that deposit in me. Every light should be green all the time. I'm coming. What's wrong with this? So offenses uh, are, are just ready and waiting to happen to us. Okay, so abundant peace and then peace. And as Bruce checked on me this morning to make sure I was going to share with you, shalom. And it's not just the peace sign. It's, it's, it's every area of our lives. Do you have peace in your finances? Do you have peace in your health? Do you have, it's wholeness. It's great. It's really, it's uh, everything. Because like in, in First Peter, Second uh, Peter, everything we need for life and godliness is available to us through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not available anywhere else. But as we get to know Jesus better, we've got this potential of abundant wholeness. But according to this verse, there's a condition. Great abundance, wholeness have those who love your law. And this is actually the Torah. One time when Esther and I were in in Israel, we were near the old city, and the roads go down to the old city. We were approaching the Jaffa Gate, and all of a sudden the traffic stopped, and we looked to see what was happening. And here were four men dancing down the street, holding hands, and dancing in circles around the street. First of all, I was amazed they could do that you know, and not fall down or anything. We said, what is it? What, what's the deal? It was the day to rejoice in the Torah. There was a whole day in their calendar to just thank God for Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Have you read those books lately? Some people have a real aversion to Leviticus, but I was telling my niece yesterday... It's all about the blood, which is very important to us. The blood. It's, it's, take some time. Have a look to see how important blood is in God's eyes. But here are these men rejoicing in the Torah, in the law. But also, we need to, every verse of the Bible, we need to question, is Jesus hiding behind the words? Is Jesus under the surface? Because he is. Because it's God's word. So, loving the law. But then Jesus said, I'm, I'm the fulfillment of this. So, we've got, we've got more than the Torah. We've got Jesus. And so, nothing shall offend us. In Israel, I, I had, it was a, a lot of my time was really personal recovery uh, from being an intense caregiver for the last three years. And God is not a harsh taskmaster he was giving me some time to catch up so I went walking every day and I was along the Sea of Galilee tough life huh walking by the Sea of Galilee every day for for 30 days well 40 so one day fairly early on I was walking down my little street I was in a, a village that has a lot of Christians and I'm walking down the street and I see this woman ahead of me and she's bent over, and she's got a cane. She looks Jewish, and I'm thinking, maybe I'm going to get to meet a Jewish person instead of just the Christians I've been hanging out with. 
And here she is, and, I'm, and she is so shaky, I think. Maybe she's an escaped from an old folks' home because she just really, really didn't look like she should be out there by herself. So I, I walked up to her just to kind of make sure she didn't fall over, and I started making friends with her. Come to find out she was Jewish, but she was a Christian from Colorado who had moved to Israel years ago, buried two husbands, adopted two children from, wow, I think it was the Ukraine, and uh, loved Jesus, but she had a great offense against the rest of the body of Christ who did not read the Bible like she did. She placed high, high regard on the Torah, and she had verses to prove it. Jesus used the Torah. She's on and on and on. So in her offense, there was no way she could go to church with people who didn't see things like she did. And we were at the Sea of Galilee, which is at least an hour drive from Jerusalem, which was for the closest place she could have any fellowship with like-minded believers. So here she sat, lonely, isolated, insecure, needy widow with the right doctrine. So she, so I just kept... I kept running into her, and then I, then I came over to visit her and just spent time with her in her kitchen. And just uh, my call was to love her and find out about all these offenses. So one day I prayed with her. <laughs> Ooh. At, at the end of the prayer, I said, in Jesus' name, his name is Yeshua. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's how we ended our prayer time. So I said... <laughs> That was another pet peeve of hers. Um, so that's one of the reasons she couldn't go to one of those churches nearby. They called him Jesus. And I, so I, my head came up, and I, as gently as I could, I, said, I went out of the abundance of my heart. What my mouth said was, you know, I've known him as Jesus for about 70 years. I don't think it's going to change. She quieted down. But then I was able, she was surrounded by other Christians who lived within two blocks of her. And none of them had relationship with her. So I worked on two of them that were my friends who started to, to reach out to her. And we began to see some healing there because love covers a multitude of sins. But all over Israel, there are people that feel like God has given them a private download of special revelation. And that's why they're there. And they're proclaiming it. But... There's a small crowd following them, which means then they have, in their minds, have to stay isolated since they have the true picture of the scriptures. And I thought, sometimes, first in Israel and then the rest of the world. So I'm checking, in my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, now whenever this is a principle that's happening in other places in the world, too. But there's also uh, a, a, a division in the church in Israel between churches that walk in the things of the Spirit, and then quite a few of those are made up with older people, and then young, the next generation has taken offense on the uh, times when those gifts were abused or misused, and they have kept their theology to mainline, evangelical, heady Christianity that, in my perspective, leaves out the power of God. So that's a serious break. 
Uh, and to, in my mind, that leaves this next generation not equipped with the tools they're going to need what's coming down for Israel. And as near as I could tell, it's not just Israel that has an issue. So from Israel, then I went to Oregon, and I led a women's retreat, and I felt like I was supposed to share about offense. So one of the things I did, Charlotte, were you able to get any of those questions on? Yeah. Oh, bless you. Charlotte's amazing. I gave him a little, I put him in, uh, well, gave him some time out, gave him a few true and false questions, and then I put him in small groups for confession time. But I won't make you do that this morning. But we do have the questions, and just in case they're relevant, we're going to go through them. Oh, I need to tell you, when I told uh, Caleb that I would be privileged to share with you this morning, I saw a little picture, and it was a heart. And I saw... In the corner of that heart, an offense. Whole heart wasn't taken up with offense. Just a little tiny corner. So ever since that time, I've been praying for you. If there's a little corner in your heart where there's an offense that's hidden that maybe you don't even really realize consciously, I'm so excited we have communion today. We can deal with this stuff. We can get clean. We can get filled up at the exchange station we have. You don't have to go home with that offense in the corner of your heart. Okay, true or false? Because I'm a follower of Jesus, I expect things to go smoothly in my life. <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> so you're, you're comfortable with red lights? Is that what you're telling me? I'm the only one that thinks everything should be green lights? <laughs> okay, number two, I can handle it all right when other drivers do stupid things on the road around me. Should we ask your spouse, what's the truth about this? <laughs> or someone else who rides with you? How I handle that, because, yeah, I've, I've worked on this for years. As near as I can tell, we're supposed to bless those that curse us. And so what works for me is if someone does something I don't approve of, I say, Lord, would you bless that person? They need it, and probably the other people they're going to be driving around need it too. Pray protection over them, the other people. That's how I turn. That's how I keep a, a good attitude. Okay, number three. I find it hard to believe that other Christians vote differently than I do. <laughs> you may not have heard about it, but in 2020, there was an election in America. <laughs> Offenses. in the church then there was this virus that came along offenses in the church not to mention every other source of, of relationship actually my experience here is that it's more present tense here than it is in my country right now that the offenses have been still carrying on about other people's choices that may be different than yours. And anything that captivates our attention and our conversation and our hearts other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you suppose that maybe is a diversion? Has, has um, evangelism gone up? Because we've taken sides on these issues? 
Probably not. Speaking of which, have you seen Jesus' revelation? Revolution. Raise your hand. Revolution. Yeah. Okay. You going to go again and take somebody with you? Be a thought. I'm so excited it's still playing here. I didn't even think, I wasn't even sure it crossed the border. I mean, hallelujah. Lord, we pray right now for the fruit of that movie. We bless those movie theaters that are continuing to show it. And we pray, Lord, for people who wonder why it's still being shown that uh, you said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness sake, for they will be filled. Lord, we pray for touched hearts. When I went to see it here, I looked around and I was one of the younger ones in the, in the group. And I said, oh, wow, these are the people from that age group. And so, Lord, all the ones who got turned on fire when that happened, but have slowly let the fires go down. Lord, would you light them up again? And uh, people that have spouses that haven't ever been exposed to this, Lord, would you open their hearts and minds? Lord, thank you for that movie showing us the difference between religion and relationship. And Lord, we pray for religion to be cast down and relationship with you, the Lord Jesus Christ, to increase. Lord, for people, uh, that they, when they walk away from there, that they don't just say, oh, yeah, that was good entertainment. Lord, we're looking for changed lives. Would you use that to bring revival in Canada? Use it to bring revival in America. And now they're starting to take it to other nations. Lord, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, number five. Oh, no, four. I handle anger well. I thought I did, except I was having a headache every day, and so a friend of mine made me go to a neurologist, and he spent 45 minutes talking to me about anger, and I got so angry that he was insinuating (laughs) that I had an anger issue. I was really offended. So I went home, and I said, Lord, is this true? You're going to have to show me. So the next night, I went on an evangelism call with an elder from the church I was a part of, And the guy was so insensitive in this call. On the way home, I said, Lord, I am so frustrated. And he answered immediately. He said, no, you're not. You're angry. Ooh. And I was telling Caleb and his parents the other day, I had done a word study on frustrated in my Bible, and I couldn't find it anywhere because (laughs) it's not there. The Bible doesn't talk about frustration. It talks about anger. (laughs) So just throw that out to you, if you, especially if you're a migraine sufferer like I was. I found out that um, I have a headache. I wake up three in the morning, headache, and say, who is it, Lord? This is the person you did not forgive. Oh, too late to get rid of the migraine, but at least I could ask for forgiveness. So for me, some of my migraines were definitely caused by repressed anger. So for a long time now, I've been working on Lord, make me honest in my inward person. So I'm not lying to myself about what's really going on. If, if I can bring, if I can be honest, then I can bring it before him and get changed. Okay, number five. I balance my input of the world's opinions, TV news, newspapers, social media, by keeping my spiritual tanks refilled. Bible reading, prayer, fellowship, teaching, worship. I'll leave that there. Number six, I know I'm supposed to forgive everybody all the time. I forgive most people most of the time, but there are a few things I just can't let go of. 
there's a man named Francis Frangipane that wrote an article called The Unenvisioned Place. And I have a copy of it here. Um, you can find it on the Internet. Or I have a copy if you want. I imagine the office would let us make some copies of The Unenvisioned Place. There are so many people in the Bible who found themselves in places they had no idea they'd ever end up. Paul's a great example. He knew what his call was. He knew what his vision was. He was supposed to evangelize the um, uh, Gentiles, and he was supposed to plant churches, and he was supposed to go here and there. And he kept ending up with chains in prison. And it's like, how do you fulfill that call when you're sitting in a dungeon with chains on your hands? But in one of the books, he says, one of his books, he says, actually, the cause of Christ has been getting stronger because I'm here. And where would we be today if he had gotten his wish and his desire and actually spent his whole time on the road and never had time to write? Some of you have three kids, and they're young, and you're like, this is not how I pictured life to be. It's way hard, and you have no time for anything. It's certainly an unenvisioned place. So a lot of people, things happen that, that they end up being very offended at God. I'm guessing most of you aren't in that group or you, because you're here. A lot of them have dropped out, and they've said, if that's how God is, I'm signing off. But... We don't have the right to hold offenses against our God. He can handle it. It just ruins our souls. So how am I doing time-wise? I have no idea how to keep time because I don't ever do this. All right. So Uganda, I got to go minister to um, people who, whose life is so hard um, the average age in Uganda, you, may, you probably know this stuff from Bruce, is 15 because the parents have died. So the Christians that are still alive, that didn't die from HIV, have opened their hearts and homes to multitudes of children. And my friends, uh, Lori and Yoka with Precious Jewels, have been uh, gathering people to help them get healed so they can minister to children in, that are in great need. And most of these people are praying bread on the table the next morning for their kids. I mean, we're talking trusting God day by day. And so when I um, uh, told my friends that I was coming, I said, what is your greatest need? And they said, we need a retreat. We need to get together these people and take them away to a place where they can rest, get good food, get some spiritual input. I said, great, we're on it. We'll... We'll ask God, we'll trust God for the money, and we'll go. So we've, there's a gorgeous place called Prayer Mountain uh, near Jinja in Uganda, which is near the headwaters of the Nile, which is a whole other story. But um, it was, come away, my beloved. So these weary, weary people came. I can still remember them getting out of their vans. I mean, like, they were so tired. They weren't that old. One guy, I thought, wow, I think he looks like he's about 72. He was 47. I mean, life is hard. So they, they got their own rooms. Um, the woman that went with me had her friends all make little gift bags for them. And then they got to go to three buffet meals a day. 
And then, and then um, my, the, the uh, chaplain uh, that went with me, she taught them on self-care. And I, I brought them some scriptures, and, and we worshiped. And the Lord had me bring this, this verse to them. So what happened there was generational stuff. They were still carrying stuff because their parents carried it. They were born into an offense, and they were carrying it on. So there was a place there that had a beautiful potential of a, of a bonfire. I said, can, can we have a bonfire? They said, oh, yeah, but you have to pay. I said, how much? They said, $12. I said, I think we can do it. So, <laughs> so we had a wonderful worship time talked about offense, wrote down our offenses, went out to this beautiful bonfire, and were able to put our offenses in the fire and at the feet of Jesus. There's not a bonfire here today. They didn't give us permission. But we still got this exchange station where we can put our generational offenses at the foot of the cross and get the blood and body of Jesus to, to protect us. All right. So one of the things that, that I did in uh, Uganda that I've never done anywhere before was we memorized scriptures together, but we did it with a beat. Have you memorized any Bible verses this week? That's what I figured. So <laughs> we're going to memorize one right now. Charlotte, do you have Let the Peace of Christ... Yes. Okay. So we've been talking about peace. And we've been talking about great peace, incredible peace, abundant peace, body, soul, and spirit. And this verse we're going to, I'm going to close with, and it's let. You get to choose. You get to choose today to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And it says here, plural, hearts. Because since as members of one body, are you one body? Amen. We were called to what? Peace. And be thankful. Colossians 3.15. Okay, I'm going to ask you to stand. And what we did in Africa was click our fingers. Okay, we're going to get this rhythm. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body we were called to peace. And be thankful, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body we were called to peace. And be thankful, Colossians 3.15. Okay, you're acting awfully Canadian. Let's put, a little, let's put a little power in this. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Since as members of one body, we were called to peace. And be thankful. Colossians 3.15. Preach it. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Since as members of one body, we were called to peace. And be thankful. Colossians 3.15. We're going to pause a second, and I'm going to tell you a story. The woman that's the main worship leader of that group that I was with, her husband now needs a kidney transplant, 
and they can't, no one is capable of doing it in Uganda. He, she's looking at taking him to the Philippines for that, trusting God for every aspect. There has to be a family member with a match. That's how Uganda does it. And then get them to the Philippines. Money, money, money. The woman who's praying in her bread for her nine children, where's this all going to come from? She said last week when the team gathered, this is what has held her. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Preach it since it's members of one body. You Tell somebody, let the peace of Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Colossians 3, last time, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Colossians 3.15, Lord, we choose to be thankful. There is so much we have to be thankful for. We ask your forgiveness for allowing offenses to steal our peace. Lord, when the test comes, even today, maybe getting out of the parking lot. Lord, remind us that we get to choose to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts because you've called us to peace and we choose to walk with thanksgiving in your powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.